the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, episode 191. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello, Unruffled listeners. We are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast. First, you can become a patron of the show by donating to our Patreon fundraising campaign. Please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery, all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show as our way of saying thank you. If every listener did this, we would be over the moon. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. And that's not it. You can share our show on social media or with your friends, and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. All of this helps our little show immensely, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now on to the show. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. We survived the holidays. I know this is a little later after Thanksgiving, but we survived the holidays and had a good time. I saw you were playing Scrabble. Yep. Played play a lot of Scrabble with my mom. She came and stayed with us one night and it was lovely and cozy and gluttonous oh, and lots of Scrabble. Um, it was perfect. It was great. And yeah, now it's December and we bought our tree the night before last and uh it's starting to go up it's starting to look a little bit like christmas around here do you want me to play a song right now for you <laughs> i'm good you don't need any mariah carey right now i don't oh i don't okay. need mariah carey right now but All thank right. you I, I love how different we are <laughs> you know it, i don't hate christmas music i really don't there's just something Mm, I don't know. I think, um, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, Mariah Carey, she just doesn't do it for me, but I know she does for lots of people. I mean, it's like the most popular Christmas song I know. ever. Well, I got, I bought um, a white Christmas tree this year, had it delivered seven foot. I've, oh always, I've always had, a, I've had a vintage aluminum tree and I've had a really, kind of messed up green tree from the thrift store. I bought a fake one um, that every year, like the lights have died. And so we had to take all the lights off of the fake tree and then branches are go missing. It's the saddest looking little artificial tree ever. Um, and we used to get real ones, but I don't anymore. And, but I'm looking forward to having a beautiful white tree. I just ordered white lights for the tree and nice. to like come into my living room in the morning and have my tea and have it over by my desk. So it's like the first year in a long time. I'm, I'm excited about, um, the holiday. Oh, that's, that sounds lovely. Yeah, yeah. I love having a little, the tree's always up by my little reading nook and I just love smelling it and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking at the ornaments and yeah, yeah. yeah. I get sentimental about Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, um, I don't know. We'll see how I feel. My, my feelings are all over the place these days, but I, we'll see how it goes, but I am, we're going to spend it together as a family for the last time. Um, I, well, I shouldn't say the last time, um, intentionally we're spending it as a family on Christmas or Christmas Eve and having dinner and doing it, the three of us, me and Grady and Steve. And, um, you know, I don't know if that'll go on, but, uh, that's, that's that, that's what we're going to do. Hmm. Um, but I have been working really hard, Sandra. I've been working freaking hard. And this happens, it seems I was looking back historically every year, I get like a creative energy to create and make something in mm-hmm. November. Mm-hmm. And so I've been working on this class called The Invitation, which I launched over Thanksgiving weekend. And I just wanted to promote it a little bit here at the top of the show. Um, it's uh, going to be a six-week uh, course through Mighty Networks. And what that means is it will be... Um, Six weeks of like talking about the word of the year, how I do a logbook, evening routines, morning routines, gratitude, and then we're going to end with sacred adornment. It's going to be a super easy class. There's not like crazy homework or anything like that. It's going to be just like easy wins is what my uh, my friend Corinne tells me. Like make a class that has easy wins, and um, it's ninety nine dollars and it's for sale on. You can get it through my website or on Instagram. And it starts on December 28th. And we're going to work on that week, the word for the year. And for people who are interested in that have decks that can do their tarot year ahead spread. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I'm going to send you a code for it. Um, I haven't done that yet, but so that you can do it if you want to do it. No, I do. It looks fun. I look forward to it. Oh, good. Already, it looks like there's already a good group of ladies signed up. Yeah, it's going to be good. So, so yeah, that's what I got going on. And I'm hosting... Um, TLC, the luckiest club meetings on Saturday nights, every other Saturday. So I think as the, as it goes, I will be hosting on um, Saturday, the 19th of December. And it's every other week after that. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. You, Missy. I am um, offering, I decided to offer a, um, to 25% discount um, for anyone who wants to honor their future self and sign up to work from to work with me through change your story. Um, If you sign up now through the end of December, and use a code that I'm sharing only in my newsletter, or in the secret Facebook group, Mm -hmm. um, you can use the code and we can put off our start date to the end of the year. If you're concerned about the holidays and all that kind of stuff, but you can make the commitment now and get the discount again, but you can only get it. You can only get the discount through my newsletter or being in the secret Facebook group. So if you just go to the scroll to the bottom, sign up for my newsletter there. Um, if you want to be in the secret Facebook group, just um, find myself or Tammy on Facebook and send us a message. We'll have to send you a friend request and we can add you to the group. Yeah. I forgot to mention my website. It's just my name, TammySalas.com. Yes. And our group is so wonderful and lovely and we would love you to be part of it. Uh, Okay. Okay. To our wonderful guest. I'm so excited for today. It's really great. Mm -hmm. But today we have on the show, Sherry Hampton. 
And Sherry's been on the show before on episode 84. So if you guys want to go back and listen to Sherry, you can do that first. Um, but she is the founder of Served Up Sober, a nonprofit organization devoted to increasing um, healthy equity in marginalized communities by creating holistic spaces for women of color who are sober or sober curious. And as a certified recovery coach, motivational speaker, and woman in long-term recovery, Sherry combines her years of professional and personal experiences to passionately support like-minded women who are ready to recover from all the things. And Sherry operates from a spiritually driven and empowered approach to healing, navigating her clients through a journey of self-discovery designed to connect their mind, body, and spirit with their own innate healing potential. Sherry is also a trusted advisor for, for the She Recovers Foundation and an anti-racist consultant who works with recovery and treatment organizations to help them explore their own biases and create pathways to stronger relationships. And you can find Sherry. Um, she is um, opening a new uh, website. That's yeah. just her name, Sherry Hampton. It's S H A R I Hampton.com. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at I am Sherry Hampton. And then you can also find her at her other handle at Served Up Sober. Yeah, it was a beautiful conversation and we met Sherry a few years ago and she is a light. She's a total light. And I'm so glad that she um, had the time and space for us in December yeah. in a busy month. We were the last interview she did, she said for the year, and she has a lot of beautiful things to share in this interview. Yes. Y'all enjoy Sherry. Welcome back to the show, Sherry. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited for this, this conversation. Me too, Sherry. Good morning. Um, you know, we were supposed to record on the day after the election and we did. Right. Who scheduled that? Was that me? <laughs> <laughs> that was, was you, thinking, Tammy. I was not thinking straight to be scheduling a podcast the day after the election, but... <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we did not. We did not do that. I reached out to you that morning, Sherry, and I was like, yeah, she is not going to want to know who wants to talk on that. I was exhausted. I was absolutely exhausted. That was a good reschedule. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah that was a good call. Instead, Tammy and I recorded and boy, I, I went, I went off script. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, got, we got some feedback. And got a little feedback. <laughs> It's okay. We can handle things in recovery and sure, other people's sure. opinions, but yes. Um, oh man, I can, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I mean, everything was so emotionally charged, you know? Very emotionally charged, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I kept thinking about this, Sherry, and I want to, I want to hear your response to this, you know, in a lot of recovery circles I'm in and you know, frankly, those are all online now. There's none in person. I'm sure that's the case for many of us. But I hear, and I've heard this for, you know, I've heard this not just in recent times, but I've heard this historically that, you know, the, the sentiment, can we keep politics out of recovery? And, uh, you know, honestly, I don't think that that I've ever heard that statement come out of the mouth of a person of color. Um, but I was wondering if we're just going to 
start with a bang here. And I just would love to hear your response to that sentiment. How candid do you want to be? How, how much feedback do you want from, from, this, from, this, from this episode? I think I want you to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, first of all, I think when, for me, when I, when I hear people say, can we just keep politics out of it? It's hurtful. Yeah. It's, it's hurtful, especially with the climate that we've just experienced over the past four years. You know, it's, it's just been very, very hurtful. And I hear it all the time. I, I hear it every time I post. And I don't post often for a couple of reasons. I, I don't really necessarily, necessarily believe that I want to exalt the pain. I don't, I don't necessarily want to be that one person that's posting every single hashtag or every single photo. I don't really watch the videos. Um, you know, I don't need to see the video of someone losing their life. And so, but when I do post, I always, always, always get one person come in and they'll say, what does this have to do with recovery? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what, mm-hmm. You know, what do you mean? What does this have to do with recovery? Racism is, tr- is trauma, right? You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's traumatic. And so if, if you can't recognize that, and be willing to even listen, we just got a bigger problem. Right, because it's discounting you. Right, right. It, it discounts me as an African-American gay woman, and then it also discounts my experience. Right. Right, and so you can't, you, I just don't see how you can separate the two because they, I mean, they're just, they're married. They're married, and so, you know, it, it, I think it speaks to white fragility. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's difficult. It's difficult to, to face what racism has done to our country. And it's difficult to also face your privilege. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you don't want to say, wow, you know, I have really been privileged because I don't have to face this shit. This has nothing to do with me. Absolutely. You know? And the conversations, just because they're hard, they're necessary. Mm-hmm. We can't, mm-hmm. we can't leave them out of these circles that we're in because they're necessary. Well, think about if you're, if you're 12 step and you go into a 12 step meeting right after the murder of George Floyd and you're traumatized and you can't go in there and say, you know what? I feel like having a drink today because a member of, of my community was just murdered. And, and, and I need to just get some shit off my chest. You know what I mean? And, and, and if you can't say that without feeling like you're in a safe space, where can you go and talk about the fact that this is making you want to drink? Mm-hmm. It's making you want to use. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and that leads to my next question. And I, I posed this to Chris Marshall of Sandsbar too, when we had him on the show, but do you think people of color need exclusive recovery spaces or do we need to make general spaces safer for people of color? Or is the answer both? Is it not or, but both? I, you know, I wish that we didn't have to have separate spaces. 
You know, I, I think the goal is inclusion. I think the goal is understanding. I think the goal is empathy. And, and if we can reach that, we don't need separate spaces. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, that's one of the problems is that it's, you know, it's this whole separate but equal kind of bullshit. I mean, that's, to me, that's taking us backwards mm-hmm. to say that, okay, well, you can have a black only group over here because we don't want to deal with the shit here where we are. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's necessary because we haven't created safe spaces, but I think the goal should always be how can we how can we deal with this together? Um, so I think I'm I'm kind of on the fence about that. I think in the current climate it's almost necessary because we haven't we haven't grown. We, we're not mature enough, you know, mm-hmm. to, be, to be able to have these difficult conversations, but we should want to be mature enough. Right. Like white people need to go do their work mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the time you. and the timeline of that work, it's like, it seems so um, for me, Sherry, I, I've shared on this podcast before I struggle talking about all of this because my whole life, I was just taught to assimilate and be a white person. Uh, my dad is Mexican and I, and we weren't to tell people we were Mexican, you know, we were to kind of play down and just assimilate and live in the middle white suburban, you know, that's was their goal was to, um, cause he, they grew up so poor and was to have a nice house and live in this nice neighborhood. And, and, and I, I realized like the undoing of me thinking of all the things that I've had to stuff down or be quiet and, and live as a, a quote unquote white woman. Right. And then all the work that needs to be done, it just, it really avalanched me this summer. And then seeing all the things online talking about how I should be speaking up and, and doing the reading and unlearning. And I, and I really want to do all that, Sherry, but I have to tell you, it's very, I want to be really honest here. It's really hard. It feels um, um, like a beautiful invitation and for someone who wants to get things right, I feel like sometimes I feel overwhelmed, like I don't know where to start. Um, is there something that, you know, where I could, you know, in your opinion, like, like shut the fuck up, Tammy, <laughs> just start here. You know what? I don't, I don't think so. I think that just listening to you, I have empathy for your situation. And I think that you would start with your stuff. Right, because if you had to assimilate, you know, all throughout life, that's traumatic, right? If if and so I, I think that 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 I could see how that could be overwhelming for you, and so I would probably start there, right? You know, I, I and you know, I've said this, I've said this a lot for for me. Like I don't unpack all my shit at once. It's mm. just too much. It's too much. <laughs> It's just too much shit, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I might just take out one little item and, and sit with that and marinate on that for a while. And then it's, and I don't, and I don't feel bad about it. I mean, I may never unpack all my shit. Right. And, yeah. and I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, thank you. And I know it's not your job to help me figure that shit out either, Sherry. I know that's even asking that question, but I feel like as a friend, I just wanted to be honest and just say like where I was at and it feels um, I'm a very empathic person, but yet it feels, um, I can't even imagine how it feels, um, to be a person of color in the rooms, um, 
right now to be a black person in the rooms of, of a 12 step community. Um, I don't, I don't, where I live, Sherry, I don't, I, there's a handful, maybe five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, I know there's more people recovering out there. I know there's more people that, that, um, I don't know if they need, um, the 12 steps, but just that they needed to know that they should be able to be able to talk about whatever the frick they want to talk about, you, and know? you know, what? and not I, say it's I, an outside issue. Cause it's not an outside issue. Your skin is not an outside issue. Yeah. How can your skin be an outside issue? Yeah. Right. And, and, and I, I think that they do need 12 step because I, I guess, unfortunately, when you, when you go to your doctor's office or you go to your psychiatrist or your therapist and you say, you know what, I think I might have a drinking problem. They refer you to 12 step. I mean, that's, that's where they say, you know, you should probably go to an AA meeting. If you've gotten pulled over and you got a DUI, you, you're in front of the judge, they're going to assign you to do mandatory 12 to, I know, cause I had two DUIs, but they're going to, they're going to tell you, you have to do so many meetings and so many days. And so I think that, I think we do have to recognize that 12 step is important. We can't just say, oh, well, just, just don't go to 12 step you go to go here instead, because sometimes they don't as, as, as just people in general, we're, we've been conditioned to believe that 12 step is where we need to go. Mm-hmm. And so I think we do have to do a better job, but I, I would say with you, where you are, if I can just backtrack, tra- backtrack, backtrack a little, is that I don't think, I think there's a pressure for white people to do all this work. And it's kind of like, you can't cram, for, it's like cramming for a test. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, no, it's something that you have to, to, to educate yourself on. And that takes time. Right. It just takes time. Yeah. And that's why I've, I've been doing it privately and quietly. And then I do see a lot of things online and it was like, I'm, I wish I, you know, a little bit of me goes, oh, well, you know, Holly can post, you know, Holly Whitaker has this platform and she can say these things. And I learned from all the women that she shares on her platform. And I learned from you and I learned from so many other women. And, um, it is something that I want to do quietly and I want to um, investigate. But when you were posting about your sharing circles, um, when she recovers, I was, um, you know, I was looking um, into that a while ago. And I was like, Oh, um, I'm not I don't know if I'm a woman of color. This <laughs> sounds silly. But I just want to say it because I'm like, I, you know, Indian roots, um, Native American roots. Um, and I don't know, it just felt funny. It just felt like I didn't know. And I was like, like to learn, but that's not for the, everybody else to teach me. How do I do this? It just felt, um, it just felt hard. And I just wanted to say that in this interview and I don't, it doesn't need to be about me, obviously. No, but you know what that, I think that's, that's fascinating to me because um, you say, it, I think it's, it's based on how you identify. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how you identify yourself because if you don't identify as a woman of color, we're, it's really our shared experiences. And so if you, if you come into a BIWOC meeting, but you don't really identify mm-hmm. as a, a, a person of color, then you, and your experiences aren't, aren't similar, you're going to feel, it's going to feel awkward. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's, a good it's just, it's going to feel weird. <laughs> it's going to feel like, well, wait a minute. I've never had this experience. I don't know how to speak into this. And so I think it's based on how you how you see yourself and how you identify. You kind of similar, it's kind of similar to when I would 
I would go to, and I, I wonder if Chris, I would love to get his perspective on this, but we moved from LA to St. Louis and I went to, years ago, I was, I was in grade school and I went to an all black school for the first time. Had never ever been immersed into an all black school. And I can be honest, I didn't, I didn't have that experience. I mean, I just, I just didn't have, and I'm a black person, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. right. and, and I, and I felt out of place. I, you know, I was teased or you sound white or you're this or you're that. And so it, I really had to recognize that I didn't have the same experience and that it was hard for me because I'm clearly black but I did, I felt out of place. Mm. I think that really, that story really speaks to what you're saying about identity and how you identify. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's tricky. It's so tricky. And it, it's just, it's just the, the air we're all breathing. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and just to um, say something to respond to something that you said, Tammy, you know, it's almost like the internet, especially social media, Instagram in particular demands that you prove that you're doing the work or this or that. And, and, and I, you know, rebel against that too. I, there's a lot of work that I'm doing that nobody knows about, you mm -hmm. know, I don't feel like I need to give you a timeline or a spreadsheet of, you know, what I'm doing and, and how I'm growing and how I'm, you know, learning and, right. and how I'm affecting my community. Um, so there's that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just grateful for my um, friends and teachers and, and you're right. Like I went to that Frida Kahlo exhibit and just bawled. So I was like, oh, there's something here to investigate. So thank you, Sherry. That's beautiful. I appreciate, I appreciate um, you sharing what you shared with me. I appreciate you sharing what you shared. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate I you. Look at this love fest we're going to have. Well, Sherry, when we met you, um, we met at She Recovers. I remember you were walking in the door of the hotel at She Recovers in LA. I believe it was on a Saturday. You came in on a Saturday, if that's right, if I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. And um, you said something um, over the weekend at one of the times that we were kind of intersecting about um, there not being a lot of Black women there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and now I love seeing this beautiful partnership that you have with She Recovers and what you're doing. And I was just curious if you could share with our listeners, like what's transpired since then, because that was a couple of years ago, like what has transpired? Because I've seen you do your workshops, um, and, and, uh, you invited me to do a workshop, but I couldn't get down to San Diego. Um, but how, what's been transforming for you and what has developed and bloomed? with your work? Oh, that, that's a great question. Thanks for, for letting me kind of share what's happening. You know, when, when, when COVID, it's, it's still weird for me to say when COVID hit, it just sounds like we're in a, in a movie. I know. <laughs> when COVID hit. A really bad, know, <laughs> a really bad movie. Right. <laughs> it's bad. We were, um, we were doing everything in person. The whole, you know, idea for she for for served up sober was that we wanted to connect in real life and do these holistic events. And when we were, could no longer do that for a while, I didn't know what to do. I was just kind of stuck. Like, oh my God, served up sober has come to a screeching halt. And 
you know, my partner said, well, why don't you move online? That's what other businesses are doing and people are Zooming. And even that sounded big. It just sounded complicated, but mm-hmm. I finally figured it out. And I said, okay, we're going to move online. I had really kind of pivoted to being more intentional for about women of color. In the beginning with Serve, I was not. I was just like, hey, this is for everybody. This is for men. This is for women. This is for everyone that wants to be a part of Serve. And um, maybe in the last, maybe the beginning of 2019, I really recognized that I wanted to drill down to just focus on women of color. And so after COVID and it kind of shut us down, I said, you know what? I'm going to try to start this group for just women of color to um, have a place because the Zoom meetings that I was attending looked like the Brady Bunch squares. You know what I mean? There was just no Black people there <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. And I said, well, this, this is not going to work. You know, where, where are we? And when I first started it, I was discouraged. I mean, we had like maybe two people that would show up and, you know, five weeks of two people. And I'm like, shit, yeah, this wasn't a good idea. But mm-hmm. it grew really, really slow. And what happened was Dawn and I, and I, Dawn and I have, have talked over the years because I'm a Shitty Covers coach. And so we have a relationship. Um, we had a relationship already kind of in place. And she ex- expressed to me that they wanted to have um, their own bywalk group under the She Recovers umbrella because they were doing two Zoom meetings a day. And um, we just kind of thought about, hmm, why would we have two? And I think that's, I, I, when I look back, I'm really proud of us because I think sometimes we have these divisions, even within our community where it's like, oh, this over here is this and this person's doing that and this group is doing this and, and there's not this, this coming together. Mm-hmm. And so when we talked about it, I said, well, why don't we just, let's just do it together. We both kind of agreed, agreed that that would be a great idea. And um, so we merged the group together and it's, it's worked out because they obviously have a much wider audience than Served Up Sober. You know, they got over 250,000 members. Served Up Sober, I don't think we have 250,000. My following's over, just over 6,000. And so um, it's worked out really, really well. We probably get on average 22 to 23 women, which is a sweet spot number. That is a for, great, mm-hmm. I've noticed too, that that's a great sweet spot for Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you get too many, it's just too many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. they've kind of connected with each other and you know now they're really beginning to trust. It takes a long time to, to trust a stranger, but the walls are finally beginning to come down. And I am just super proud of what we're building. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, super proud. It's not just black women, there's indigenous women there, there's um, Asian women, Hispanic women. It's a nice, maybe we have international women. We have someone from Dubai that's, that's on the call regularly, someone from France. And so it's a nice, it's just a nice group. I'm super proud of what, of what mm. we've built with Shiri. Oh, I love that. I love that, Sherry. And I have to tell you that from the moment I met you at the She Recovers event in LA, I had 
I had been following you on Instagram already. I just knew, I was like, oh, this woman's going to do something in this space. <laughs> I, was, I was so nervous when, when I was driving up there. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm nervous because I'm not a big crowds person. I remember the first person that said, are you served up sober? And I was like, oh my God, somebody knows me. I was like, oh my goodness. So that's, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty nice that you recognized me and we were able to chat a little bit. Well, I didn't recognize you outside of your car because <laughs> you would do all your awesome car videos. And I was like, I love how much she talks to the camera and that you feel comfortable. And I loved watching them. They were just like a highlight. On Instagram. You know, I haven't, I haven't done, I did one recently. I don't know what, well, actually I can be honest. I do know what has happened as I've, I've kind of gotten insecure a little bit hmm. with with the videos, I don't know, it could be the COVID-20 that I've put on. I mean, shit, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I just haven't felt like I can get in front of the camera. Like I used to kind of just be reckless and, and I didn't really worry about um, what anybody thought about. And here lately, I've been more, I don't know. I've just been, I haven't done any. I've done one this whole year. Yeah, hmm. I, I would, I, I'm, I'm going through a divorce, Sherry. So I'm, I'm on there and I put a lot of pictures lately, but I've noticed in the last three months or so that I haven't been on there like I used to be and talking as much. And I had, you know, I take, a, I have a coach, a creative coach, and they talk about sharing your process and doing these things. And so I've been lately just feeling more comfortable just doing it with a photo rather than a video. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's ebb and flow, but this year is totally bizarre. I mean, yeah. I'm always in my pajamas anyway. So <laughs> right. no bra. Right. Right. It's a lot of work to get camera ready over here. It is such a lot of work. I mean, I'm working from home now, so I'm not really in my car to be honest. Oh, right. I'm not really in it. Well, I saw through your Instagram, I believe you had a really, um, looked like a really nice photo shoot recently. How did that feel? awkward yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it felt really really awkward because if, if you look on my Instagram feed there's not that many pictures of me I'm just I'm really shy in front of the camera and so yeah it was so awkward I mean we we got through it but I was not an easy subject I was like well what do I do am I supposed to smile how do I stand can I put my hands in my pockets it was just like it was it was long and awkward but I think I got some good good shots so are you going to share them? Are they going to be on your website or what do you do mm-hmm. them? I want to see. Be on, my, on my website, I was actually, the shoot was for um, my new website, which kind of just promotes uh, my coaching business, my anti-racism training, all that good stuff. And I didn't, I didn't really have any photos of me. So it was kind of a necessary um, thing for me to do. Oh, Yeah. Well, there's a, I teach a little bit about the art of the selfie and about how, you know, we, as women, we don't take photos of ourselves and we are the most critical sometimes, you know? And so a selfie can seem very self-indulgent or to people who aren't on social media, it can seem very me, 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 but I don't know, as for a woman, I feel like it's a declaration uh, of just showing up for your life. And even though I teach it, and even though I talk about it with my clients, it's like, I still have to walk the walk. And it's not so easy sometimes, you know, I do love me an eyelash filter on Instagram because just, <laughs> just makes everything look a little smoother. <laughs> oh my God. You know, when I was doing, when I do little short videos in the stories, I always want to put the little hearts. Filter on it. So <laughs> right. I, I got 
heart's hitting my face and you can't, there's <laughs> never just a natural candid, no filter situation. Right. Right. Well, it's like, I'm 50 years old and I still love stickers and hearts and mm-hmm. you know, all the lightning bolts and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. Yes. I love all that too. <laughs> um, Sherry, how old are you? You know, it's were you just reading my mind. Cause I was like, damn, I'm in my mid fifties. I would be um, 57 next year. Ooh, oh. girl, you look good. What's uh, your birthday? Um, February 26th is my oh, birthday. Okay. I'm a Pisces. Yeah. I just turned 50 Sherry. So I'm very, uh, I, I just, I, all the women in their fifties are just telling me what a good decade it is. And just, I was talking I was, to a friend and she was just like, sex is the best in your fifties. And you get to like really own your body and, you know, do what you want to do and feel mm-hmm. good. And just your opinions, everything you get to just let it go. I think you do. It's definitely, it's definitely been a decade of ownership. It's like, you finally know what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Right. And you're not afraid to express Mm -hmm. that. You're not afraid. You know who you don't want to be with. You know, you just, you Mm -hmm. just know, you just know. So, and there's maybe a little sense of urgency. It's like, look, I don't have time, but I don't have time for the bullshit. It's true. You know, I don't want to do this. Absolutely true. So I, I think it's probably maybe the best decade so far. And then I'm sober too. So that, I guess yeah. that helps a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remind our listeners how long you've been sober, Sherry. It'd be six years in February. I got sober on Valentine's Day, 2015. So awesome. yeah. Oh, we're close like to nice each other. Story. I'm on the third and I'll be six years in February. Oh, wow. We yeah. are close. Yeah, we are close. Yeah. Oh, just, quite a year. <laughs> right. That's just a, not even two weeks apart. Yeah. Great minds think alike. Right? That's right. I'm going to celebrate by not drinking. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm going to do again this year. But well, yeah. I have to say, Sherry, your recovery story is actually one of my very favorite recovery stories that's probably ever been oh, told yeah. on oh, the oh. Ruffled podcast. <laughs> so. Oh. And Sherry tells the whole thing um, on episode uh, 84. So you'll have to go back and listen if you have not heard um, Sherry's recovery story. And so I won't just regurgitate the whole thing. But besides my just endearment to your key players in your recovery, (laughs) um, I think what I loved most about your story is the approach the holistic approach that the doctor and his wife took to, you know, their plan for you and your, Mm -hmm. and your recovery. And, and it seems like it's kind of a buzzword right now in recovery. I use the word um, because it works. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, so I've been wondering, were you aware of that while you were in it? Like, were you aware, like, okay, you know, they're telling me to, take these supplements and to, you know, and we're talking about nutrition and, you know, like all of these other sort of, um, holistic ways to make a person return to health. No, no, no. And no, I, I didn't have a clue and I was miserable. Yeah. The first, the first three days I remember because I was on a, they detoxed me just on smoothies. Mm-hmm. And so for the first Uh, maybe four days I was just drinking this mud and um, (laughs) I remember one night I just I ravished the kitchen and I never tasted spinach like I did that night it's just I needed something I mean the spinach was great too I'd never tasted spinach in its fullness but 
I just had no idea of what they were doing. I was taking probably 28 supplements a day. Um, every single thing I ate when I finally did get to eat had a, had a meaning. I'm going to put apricot kernels in this. And what they really do is this. And there was, there was no freedom. Just to, I wasn't eating just to eat, you know, <laughs> like every, everything had a purpose. I had no idea what we were doing. Mm. I absolutely had no, I, I had never, I mean, I had never meditated. Mm. You know, it was all just very, very new. And my body just soaked it up. It was just new. My body was like, where the hell are we? And can we just stay here? And you trusted it. You try. Well, can you, I did. can you remind me of the doctor's name? Dr. William H. Greer. I, I love him so much. And, and I said this in the last, in the last episode, I guess, because I want him to, I want people to know him. If you know David Allen Greer, who um, is a comedian, but also um, does a lot of Broadway stuff, it's, it's his father. And he looks just like him. I mean, if mm-hmm. you look into David's face. And Dr. Oh, Greer, yeah. I went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. There's, a, there's information about him online. Mm-hmm. Lots of it. Mm-hmm. He was just, he was just, and he was iconic in my life, really. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I was his last patient, you know, he was in his 80s. So it wasn't like I was working with a young doctor. So I got to experience all of his experience, all of his wisdom and um, a little bit of his journey. And it was, um, it was life-changing. And, really and so I'm assuming that you attribute that approach to your you know, final success then in, in reaching sobriety. Hands down, hands yeah. down, nothing, nothing else had worked. And, you know, I, I struggled. I didn't get it all the first time. So each time that I went back to his house, we, we went deeper. I learned something a little bit different. And so by the time I was able to, you know, kind of amass this lifestyle for myself, I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew which supplements to take. I could go in to Henry's or Trader Joe's or Sprouts and just say, oh, okay, I need astragalus. I need vitamin D. I need, I mean, I knew how to just run down my stuff on my own, which is ultimately what he wanted for me was to be able to um, be able to kind of get my own regimen going. And so that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And then now that's what you teach, right? You, uh, your in-person served up sober meetings, absolutely workshops yeah it's all broken down and so we have a restorative eating workshop we have meditation workshop we have a yoga workshop we have an acupuncture workshop and those were all the you know those were all the modalities that I used acupuncture was huge I wish we could have a chiropractic workshop but I couldn't figure out how to do that um but yeah that's exactly that's exactly what served up sober is modeled after I love it so the acupuncture, I'm curious really quick, Sherry, I, um, when I had a couple of panic attacks on a plane a couple of years ago, I was kind of throwing the book at what was going on with me. And um, I went and I was started acupuncture because a lot of people had recommended it. I ended up having a panic attack after an art show reception I'd had the night before the next day I scheduled acupuncture on, on purpose mm-hmm. to like, you know, I knew I thought I'd have a lot of anxiety about the show and then in a chair, with needles all in me, I started to have a panic attack. Oh, wow. I had to leave. But I'm so I never went back and I never investigated it anymore. But you're saying it was a really helpful tool for you? 
it was really helpful for me emotionally. Mm. And I, you know, I um, I would get on the table and just, you know, I, I could talk to my acupuncturist and say, you know, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling flat. I'm feeling depressed. Um, I'm feeling either. Sometimes I would say I'm feeling unloved. It was just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> right, because there's pressure points for all of those things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I think I had more emotional benefit. Mm-hmm. I switched my acupuncturist around and I actually went to one for um, some back issues. And I think like his needles went too deep. I just felt like, no, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're not what I need. I got to go back to the emotional <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. Your shit hurts. It just, his needles were like down into the core of the muscle. And so I think it also depends on what your acupuncturist philosophy is. That's true. Yeah, that is true. I've experienced that same thing. You articulated it way better than, than what I was feeling at the time. And, and I couldn't even describe it, but that's exactly it. It was one. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah, one acupuncturist was treating sort of like internal feelings. And then I had another acupuncturist that was treating a an actual physical pain in my shoulder mm-hmm. and that hurt like a mother. Yeah. yeah. But that was, I, mean, I could feel those needles in there. I was like, Oh no, this is not good. <laughs> right. The, I, I went to him, I think maybe twice. And I just felt like, remember back in the day when we would do the, this might be kind of weird for some people. So warning, warning, but remember how we would do like the experiments in biology, like the little frog leg. Mm-hmm. And I felt, I felt like my, it was just, it was just too deep. It was, right. I was like, no, this isn't, this isn't going to work for me. I need to I'm pinned to this table right now. <laughs> I'm not going to be a frog. I'm not, I am not going to be a frog in your experiment. So. Oh, I love this talk. Every time I have a conversation with someone, someone about acupuncture, it just reminds me that I don't get enough acupuncture because I, I love it. And I feel so good every time I leave um, an acupuncture appointment. Mm-hmm. Well, you're the one that you turned me on to it, Sandra, to give it a try. And I feel like uh, what happens for me and just in recovery in general, and I'm glad we're talking about these things. And I'm glad that you're back, Sherry, because sometimes we get so much information in recovery now and resources and tools and articles and teachers and coaches and blah, you know, we so much that I can only do so many things at once and I can't right. do all the things. And when I try to do all the things like that summer, I was really throwing the book. I put myself on a 40 day program of a morning routine that I stuck to rigidly and that, and then I was trying acupuncture and I was trying um, float tanks. I was going in those float tanks and doing that, like floating in the, all the salt. I mean, there's thousands of pounds of salt or something in the water. And I don't know, it felt like we can throw the book at it and then I forget things, right? Cause then you kind of move on and evolve and try something else, but to circle back and go, well, maybe that tool I could try again. My fear has kept me from even entertaining the idea. When I drive past the acupuncturist in town, I get an anxious feeling. Mm. Um, like I don't even like to drive by the place because of what happened the last time I was there. But if I've learned anything, I know that I can be uncomfortable in recovery and then I could try again, you know, the and then that might not be the right one. True. True. That might not be the right one. You might need one that, you know, that I've, I probably had maybe five different acupuncturists and one that I really kind of settled on, she would use, um, therapeutic, 
water to kind of cleanse my the area first. I'm all into the little, you know, the group, the, just the, the spiritual stuff. The more spiritual mm-hmm. you're coming at me, the better. And she had her own t-shirts that she would bake and, mm-hmm. um, it just, it just spoke to me. And so I think they're, they're all so different. Some are really technical and kind of muscle driven and other ones are more spiritual. I think it just depends. That might not be the right person for you. Right. Good point. That's good to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not opposed again. I'm Don't open. give up on it. Yeah. Don't give up on it. I'm open. I'm open. I'm looking at shifting up some things anyway, because I've been in therapy for 12 years. So I'm looking like, what can I do different? That's maybe take a break from that. Cause I feel right, like I'm ready right. for a break from that. I, get it. I, think, I think your intuition is right because therapy is a intellectual exercise and, you know, maybe mm. something that's more somatic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, so glad we we're chatting today. Mm-hmm. I'm getting so many notes here. <laughs> you guys are helpful. Um, so Sherry, can you like in this evolution that's been happening with your business and that's been happening with you and it's been happening with the world, like, how are you, um, I mean, and I know you're, you're married. Yes. Um, I'm engaged. It's been a, engaged. I, I, I would have been married. We were supposed to get married this year and I just didn't want a zoom. I didn't want a zoom wedding. So <laughs> we're waiting. I just didn't want it. Right. And you're almost six years sober and like all of these things are coming together. Is this what you had hoped for, um, you know, in the beginning to build something and to do all of the things that you're doing now? I mean, did you, is this a life beyond your wildest dreams? You know, it is, it absolutely is. I, um, I'm in my second home. The first home I lost in my addiction and you know how some mistakes take you to it takes years to get back to where you were so it took 15 years for me to be able to say oh I'm a homeowner again um I have a checking account again my my mom doesn't have to give me cash for everything you know I mean that was one of the Mm -hmm. big things for me when I had a birthday and she was like oh I gotta go to the ATM I'll give you some cash I was like mom I I can take checks now and so just just little things like that that have kind of built on each other. This is, this is the best life I'm living. Um, my partnership is awesome. It's not perfect, but it's my, my picker improved when I stopped drinking. You know, I was able to, to really get someone that's compatible, um, that gets me that, and you know, my, my needs changed too. Yeah. And that you can pay attention and you can hear or, you know, guide yourself back to what you need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was, I was in a morning meeting today, a 12 step meeting and they, the, the reading was about, you know, you know, to have a good kind of boring life in sobriety, like boring is good now. And I was just thinking the whole time I was like on the meeting, just listening. And I was like, um, I don't have a boring life in sobriety. Mm-mm. Like it is Mm-mm. super, no. uh, what, what did someone say? I wrote it, you know, I write down my little notes. Um, in sobriety, I have an exquisite boredom is what someone had said. And I thought, well, that's a pretty way to say that. But I just thought when, in my notes, I was writing down, like I have, I make my own fun, right? We get to do these things in a way that um, we didn't have to do, we didn't do them before. And building things and building your business and building relationships and mm-hmm. all of that is just, I wake up, when, there's not enough hours in today to do all the things I want to do. 
I know Sandra shares that, right? Well, yeah. And if boring was the only option to sign up for, I would never (laughs) have signed on. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, no way. But at the same time, you know, like none of these things are just, you know, like you punch in sober and then you're just handed all these gifts, you know, it just, it doesn't happen, right? It takes work and effort and then more work and more effort to- you know, build a life that you are proud of. And, um, but even that work I like, I welcome, you know, even that is exciting to me. I think you're right. I think it takes, it takes a long time. I mean, I guess, depending on if if you went in the whole six feet, you got to dig out six feet, you know what I mean? So it, it's not, and I think people, especially people that are new to sobriety, they just sometimes don't realize that it's going to take a while. Like you might have the pink cloud, but life comes, you, you get back down to where, you know, it's just, it kind of evens out and, and you still got the same shit. You just have to hopefully deal with it differently. So it takes time. It just doesn't start popping off for you Mm-mm. consistently. You might, you might have one or two pop-offs, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. right. You might have one or two wins. Like, <laughs> No, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like uh, just renewed my driver's license on time, you know, like right. <laughs> yeah, pay, paid my bills, none of them are late. Yeah, right. It's like this slow accumulation. Like this, I was re- I was listening to Atomic Habits yesterday on audiobook, and it was just talking about doing that one tiny little thing different every day, like developing, you know, one percent. You're gonna get one percent better at this today. One percent, and how just accumulates, and that is sobriety. You know, we don't get super sturdy all at once. You can't, it's not possible. Um, but I was curious, Sherry, do you have a morning routine? I've been investigating routines and rituals and things. Do you have a morning routine? Other than running to the, to the coffee machine. That, that's, <laughs> that's a routine. Because I, I do that pretty consistently. <laughs> I, I don't miss a day. Right. That's, a, that's a routine. That is part of my routine. You know, I was, I was looking, I was talking about this the other day to um, someone on Facebook, my morning routine used to be so rigid and over the years, I've kind of gotten away from it a little bit. Um, I'm back into kind of cultivating it. The first thing I try to do, number one is not grab for my phone and instead grab for a book. So right now I'm reading the right questions. Mm. And it's a, it's a great little book by Debbie Ford. But the first thing I do is grab my coffee. And then right after that, I just read um, for about 20 minutes, just to kind of center myself. I'm always reading something that at least one of my books is something that's kind of grounding and, and in the you know, personal development type of, type mm-hmm. of deal. Like that. And that, that kind of centers me for the day and um, then I just plan out, you know, I, I write out what I'm going to do. What are my goals? What are my personal goals? What are my professional goals? And then what am I doing? I'm doing something for family. And so either it's in my relationship or it's with my parents. Um, but those are my, the three areas that I try to just make sure that I cover every single day. And, you know, some days I do, some days I don't do shit. You know, sometimes like so. Right. Some days I well, just drink two cup of, cups of coffee and plan for the next day. You know, what I mean, I just right. don't get anything right. done. So, 
That's right. Well, Netflix isn't going to watch itself over here, so I and, have to help it and, out. <laughs> talk about Netflix. I think I've watched every every good <laughs> thing I could possibly watch. If you have any ideas on what, I think I've watched all the good stuff. Right. Mm. I'm watching Succession right now on HBO. Oh, yes, that's they're, good. They're horrible people. I love it. I do. <laughs> so, that it's like, was it's good. like, what is going on with these people? How are they? They're despicable um and i can't wait to watch the next episode i can't wait (laughs) (laughs) yeah and the undoing is really good the undoing was really good that it was good from start to finish oh i keep hearing this okay oh you've got to watch that yeah i'm not i'm like a i am i'm a horrible i will disappoint both of you with my Hmm. tv watching i'm just not i there's only a very few series that i'm like oh yeah i need to sit down and spend some time with this one but that one keeps coming up i keep hearing about it so i guess it's next yeah fargo too fargo's really good have you watched fargo tammy uh is there a series there's a oh my god no i love the movie you are in for a treat okay there's a series there's four seasons Hmm. um season one and two are my all-time favorites but oh my god you've got to start it and then dm me or call me call me and let me know how you like it because it's really good yeah because i think i've watched all of netflix so i haven't watched that yet so i will (laughs) no you're absurd absurdly funny like the or or dark humor like the it's it's dark it's dark Mm -hmm. yeah i had my mom watch fargo and she was like um, what should we watch? I said, oh, mom, this is such a great movie. You should watch it. And she was like, after it was over. And then like the next day, I'm like, we should watch The Big Lebowski. And we watched The Big Lebowski. And she was like, the third day that she was here, she's like, I don't really want you to pick anymore. Yeah. I really don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't under, I don't think we have the same. I want to watch the Gilmore Thanks. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Those are light years apart. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm like, you don't like the dude? Okay, well, fine. Fine. Um, well, oh, you're in for a treat. Fargo would, is really good. Well, there's so many, like at the beginning of this pandemic, it was, you know, the Tiger King. And then now I'm hearing about this octopus um, documentary I got to watch. Uh, what is that? Well, I haven't heard about that one. Something oh, about my life with an octopus. I keep, yeah, I keep hearing about it too. I think it's just one. It's not a series. I think it's just one. Like a documentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. On Netflix. My life. What is it? Um, I'm looking it up because it's going to my octopus teacher. And it's talking about how the octopus teaches this guy a bunch of stuff. Anyhow, it's a documentary. So I'm going to, that's up on my queue. It's really wild and crazy over here in pandemic land, Sharon. I just want you to know. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I've been working all day with clients, right? And then I didn't realize like how much energy that takes from me physically and emotionally, you know, and absorbing um, that energy of others. I kind mm-hmm. of thought that about myself, but to actually be coaching clients and working with them. And 2.30 will hit. I'm done taking clients every day at 2.30. And then I just, all I want to do is lay on the couch and watch Netflix for a minute mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, or take a nap. So that's what that's been going on over here. I get it. Um, well, what, what can you, we're going to wrap up here and do your three things in a minute, but what can you, um, or what do you want to share with our listeners and how they can work with you or follow you or get involved? Right. Um, so I am a certified recovery coach, but I don't really work only with people in recovery. And, and, you know, I think, I think I do my best work with frustrated entrepreneurs. Mm, Good. Right. And so what, what I found when I was working solely with, with 
with women in recovery is I was disappointed. I can be honest, but when every time they had a disappointment, I would have a disappointment. Ah, uh, yeah. Cause and, you're feeling the energy, right? I'm feeling the energy and recovery is so personal. Yeah. It, it's such a personal journey. I, I've found that I, I work, I work also, I don't want to say necessarily better or worse, but I, I really kind of focus on frustrated entrepreneurs and just helping them with their mental blocks. And so it does encompass a lot of people that are in recovery because a lot of times you can't get to those things you really want to do because you're drunk all the time. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I really want, I have this great cupcake recipe, but I can't, it's just on napkins everywhere. And I, and I want to take it to the next level. So those are the, the women I work best with. And to work with me is easy. You just go on, on my website, Sherry Hampton Dom. I have a small um, questionnaire to make sure we're the right fit. And then we, we meet and talk about what your goals are and, and how best I can serve you. And then it just kind of blossoms from there. Hmm. I love it. That's really what I'm, I'm working on two things right now. I'm working on that. And then my anti-racism training is just, it's really my baby. I've been, that's been something I've wanted to do for several several years and it's it's in collaboration with she recovers and i'll be rolling that out at the top of the year so i'm really oh, excited i love that. this now is mm-hmm. this is this like a corporate offer or mm-hmm. it's, it, well, it's going to be predominantly maybe even exclusively for treatment and recovery centers oh got it oh mm-hmm. amazing and so how they can really start to be able to examine their own biases and and have these conversations you know, in, in the rooms of their executive offices with their clinicians um, that hopefully will begin to kind of trickle down to even the clients where they start to develop safer spaces for people of color. So mm, it, you will be brilliant at this. I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> Thank mm. you. I'm, I'm working on it. So the first offering will be to the She Recovers community. And then there'll still be some runoffs for people that want to take it just because they want to take it, but predominantly it'd be focused to um, the treatment facilities and hopefully we can get some traction that way. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, and people can sign up for your newsletter, right? You have a newsletter. I do have a, I don't have a newsletter on my personal website, but you can still sign up for the one for uh, served up sober, served up sober.com. Yeah. There's still stuff. There's still stuff happening over there. Okay. And so this new website that you're working on will be separate from served up sober. Yes, it's okay. absolutely separate. Served up sober is kind of, it's kind of outgrown me, even though we're kind of dormant right now. It's, it's not me. It's, 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 its a, own. The collaborators like every, yeah, it's a collaboration, right? It's a collaboration. Whereas sherryhampton.com is, exclusively me, my coaching, my offerings, my trainings, everything that I'm doing individually. Got it. Oh, that's amazing. Look at your evolution, Sherry. It's been beautiful to witness it and watch you go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I have, I have great examples. I mean, I, I, I look at your work. I love your website. I mean, not your website, your newsletter, by the way. Oh, I absolutely, I always look at it. I'm like, how can I be creative like this? I absolutely <laughs> love it. I love it. it. It's one of the few that I read from beginning to end. So, well, we love our newsletters, don't we, Sandra? Yes, we do. I do love sending out a newsletter. So yeah, it's, they're, they're very fun. I hope that you will offer newsletters on your, on your personal website as well. Yeah. I'm going to have to get some tips. 
Okay. To that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, you can just stress out and write it for like seven hours. That's how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to get the text from Andra. She's probably get this. I freak out every time I have to write a newsletter. So, but I do it anyway. <laughs> That's good to know because you know a lot of times you feel like you're the only one. Like I'm like, I'm, am I the only one that can't write a newsletter? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think when you care about something, it it yeah, it requires some effort and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't just whip mine off either because I care about it. I want it to be good and I want it to um, create a connection with anyone who, you know, because it's a privilege to land into somebody's inbox. Right. And it is, it is. Yeah. I love getting Sandra's emails. I look forward to them. And this week I'm getting several and I'm like, Oh God, I get her email (laughs) because you're such a good writer. It's just fantastic. I love getting them. Um, well, Sherry, we would love to keep talking to you forever and ever, but we're going to have to wrap it up. And I just wanted to get to your toolbox items, your three items um, in your unruffled toolbox that helps you either with creativity or um, with your recovery and sobriety. What you got for us? Okay, so I, I gave these some thought. Um, my first one is exercising. I, 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 can't, I can't stress that enough for me more so not necessarily for the weight loss um, because that's not happening. I don't know why it's not. I just stopped worrying about it happening, but for my, my state of mind. So for me before I can, you know, I I try to exercise four or five times a week and I do it as religiously as I can. And so that's one of my tools that I, I just, I feel better. It takes a lot of stress off of me. Um, and it makes me want to drink more water. So mm. I'm with you, yes. Sherry. That's how I, I, that's how I use exercise too. It's for my mm-hmm. mental health more than anything. Yeah, it, it really, really helps. The other thing I use is reading. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm usually trying to read. Uh, actually, last year, I've recognized that I loved buying books, period. I wasn't really yes. reading them. I was just... <laughs> I mean, I have so many books that, and it was almost like I was using it as a tickler file where I was like, okay, if I buy it, then it'll remind me to read it. But this year I've really gotten more um, involved. So the last two books I've I've read is Ego is the Enemy by Ryan um, Ryan Holiday. And then The Right Questions Right Now by Debbie Forge. So I've really tried to, to do at least 10 to 20 minutes of reading a day of something that will inspire me and, and motivate me to be my best self, which is a struggle sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing that I do, which maybe is the most rewarding is I give, mm-hmm. I give, and it's not on a monetary level, but just being able to show up for other people and then also showing up for me. Yeah. And so giving to me sometimes is just setting boundaries um, Netflix and all day bubble baths, but I kind of put it under the umbrella of giving and not necessarily self-care because giving kind of encompasses the fact that sometimes I want to give to my parents, um, something small, like, you know, I'll, I'll, I don't always drive over to get my mom Starbucks, but now I can just, I can door dash for some Starbucks, you know what I mean? Or I'll try to do something just a little bit that says to someone, I'm thinking about you, you matter to me that always gives me like a good feeling. And so I try to um, make sure that I'm giving a little bit of myself because it was for so long I didn't. 
Mm. I used to, I mean, I was just selfish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and I love how you said that you take care of yourself first because, you know, like they say, you can't, it's hard to give from an empty cup. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's how, that's how you can show up for people in recovery is by, by taking care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. It works for me. Mm-hmm. Now my, my, my creativity, I'm still, I still need to take a class, Tani. It's, it's, um, I, I wish I was more creative. I think where I am now is I have colored pencils and some adult coloring books, but that's, that, that's that releasing my stress. Yeah. <laughs> it works. It works. I have a friend that's, you know, um, has PTSD and, and they, they use that method all the time, coloring in the coloring books and it really is helping. Um, but yeah, I think you're creating other things too, in a different way, but you're saying you want more visual art. Mm-hmm. Like a practice. Looking, yeah. Yes. I'm looking for something more visual. Yeah. Um, well, so. I'm going to send you a little something after we talk. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a little something. Um, well, Sherry, thank you so much for coming on the show. And thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah. And um, I was glad that we postponed and it gave us time to collect our emotions. And, you know, that day was a, a really tough day. And I was so glad that you and I could just reach out to each other and know that we had each other's back on that day. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was great. It was great that you were, yeah, it was just the best postponement, but this was a perfect time for us to talk. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So glad. So happy to have you back, Sherry. Yeah, it was, it was, I, I wouldn't have missed it. I don't do this. This was, this was one that I really was looking forward to. It's the last one of the year. Oh. Last one for a while, actually. So <laughs> well, rest up, get ready for your big year next year. You too. I know you guys are going to have some good stuff coming down the pike. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.